welcome to the Barto Jacket Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Cole. And unfortunately, there are no sponsors today. But if you want to be a sponsor of this podcast, reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And maybe your ad could be here in the next podcast. Let's get right into the show. Do your thing, Cole. Do your thing. Welcome, everybody, to episode something. What are we 23. at, Wes? 20, 23. 23. 23. Mm-hmm. 23. Jordan episode? So, hey, I like that. Oh, okay. Maybe that's the name of it. Uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode, like Cole said, of the Barto Jacket Breakdown Podcast. I am Jason. <laughs> Producer Jen is here. She skipped the gym to be with us. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the quarterback of Barto High School, Lynn, and his dad, Clayton. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Hey, of course. So I had to, after last week, after the LSU debacle, I had to go and get as many Gator fans as I could <laughs> to be on this episode. Because, yeah, he doesn't have to say much over there. He could just smile and grin at us. So I uh, appreciate you guys being on. Um, yeah, I'm not on you guys. Don't worry. I'm here. <laughs> Producer Jen, you ready to get right into it? Yes, let's jump right into quarter one. It's been one. a long day for everybody. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for bed, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, okay, gentlemen, we are going to start off with coaching, oh, excuse me, with the coaching carousel going on in college football with big games like Lovey Smith, Gus. Big games? Big names? <laughs> oh, shoot, I need my glasses. <laughs> with big names like Lovey Smith, Gus Malzone. 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 Will Muschamp, Kevin Sumlin, and Derek Mason all getting their pink slips. What are your thoughts on the state of coaching in college football, and why isn't there more blame put on the athletic directors at these schools? Wes, let's start off with you. Um, well, I'm going to be honest. Um, besides, I believe, Gus, um, and obviously you guys know I'm an Alabama fan. There's a reason I know – who and where he's at, right? Um, Probably our biggest rival in Auburn. Um, I mean, they quite simply just haven't had the greatest couple of years lately. Um, I know they were doing their thing a couple of years ago, uh, back in Cam Newton's time and so on and so forth. And a couple of years before that too, if I'm not mistaken. And obviously we don't need to talk about the infamous uh, kick six. We can save that story for a later date. Um, But... uh, (laughs) I mean, they just they just haven't been great. Um, to put it to, to put it straightforward, I don't. I mean, I I can't say a whole lot more than that. Um, and obviously, if if if, if there's a team that I, I mean, if there's a team I know that's going to be doing good or that's doing good, it's going to be our rival. You know, naturally, you, you kind of look at them a lot or you see them a lot. Um, just like for you guys, if you're not hearing about your own team the, the most, you guys are probably as Gator fans are probably hearing about FSU the most. And it's, you know, it's one or two things it's that they're doing really good and you should probably look out for this matchup when you guys play them or that it's doing really terrible and you should still look out for it because it's going to be uh, quite the kick in, if you know what I'm saying. So um, as far as Gus goes out there in Auburn, they just haven't been able to get it together over there. I don't know if it's been recruiting. I don't know if it's quite been from Gus himself. Um, I know you named a couple of other names. Yeah. Some of them sound familiar. I'm not sure what schools they're coming from. I know uh, Will Muschamp. I believe he was at Florida at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I know South Carolina. South Carolina, okay. Um, they've, they've been able to pull off some upsets lately, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm kind of surprised by that one. 
Um, but maybe that's just not what they were looking for. It's just upsets. They're looking for titles and such. Who knows? Um, and that's the thing, too, that comes into consideration with some of these firings is what that team's goal is. You know, are they just looking for a winning season? Are they looking for, you know, the the, the, the end goal of a title? Well, I mean, it's, it's whatever goals they got out, they got set out. Um, obviously, probably Nick Saban's goal every year is a lot different than, like, a team like Coastal Carolina, which shout-out to them. Um, I've been paying attention a lot to Coastal Carolina. I think they're, like, they're close to top 10 at this point, and they're not really the biggest school compared to an Alabama, a Florida, a Miami, et cetera. Um, but they, they've been making a lot of noise, too. And um, I noticed and this is kind of a side, side topic. Their offensive line um, is, I, in terms of size, compared to a lot of other teams, is so small. Holy – Lynn, uh, are you aware of that line over there at Coastal Carolina? Yeah, I watched their game Saturday, and they look undersized, like – you look at Alabama and, you know, they have, like, the biggest guys you'll see in, like, Auburn. They have great, you know, size at the offense and defensive line. But you could tell they're definitely undersized and, you know, guys that weren't as highly recruited as, you know, like Bama and Auburn and Florida. Right. So, um, I think there might be a Lakeland guy over there, too, for Coastal Carolina on that O-line. I could be mistaken. But, anyways, nonetheless, back to the main topic here. Uh, different teams have different goals. And based upon that, you know, it, it's all about whether that coaching staff – um, it's not just the head coach, right? It's never just the head coach. He he does a lot, but he doesn't do it all. Just right. like you know, for uh, for uh, for Barto, coach, coach there, he, he's not taking care of everything, you know. Um, there's multiple coaches along that staff, and uh, a lot of times though too, uh, the the whole staff, but the majority of them can get fired too. We've seen that happen in history. But uh, that's kind of just my comments on Auburn's uh, situation. Uh, due to the fact that I'm not too familiar with the other ones. And obviously, if I'm not familiar with something, I don't want to talk about it and act like I know. Right. Um, so I'll hand it over to uh, whoever's up next here. Well, I want to I want to hear from Clayton on this one. I sound awfully loud. Am, mm. I, am I loud to yeah. you guys in your headphones? Um, so, you know, after the game, I'm on a lot of the Gator pages and I'm reading the fans' comments and everything, and I'm just – it's it's – it's so fun. I mean, I take it as funny, but I wonder sometimes what some of these teams are thinking. You know, like you take South Carolina, for example. They fired Will Muschamp. What, what, are, what is their standard? What are they expecting every year? Because it's not win championships. I mean, they had Lou Holtz and Steve Spurrier. They didn't, you know, where are they? I guess with the with the coaches, where do where do they go? Is there younger coaches? The teams need to take a, you know, look at some of these younger coaches and just give guys a chance, and 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 maybe you get surprised because I feel like we just keep rotating the same people. So, what are your thoughts on that, Clayton? No, I, I think uh, I think with South Carolina and their standpoint is, you know, they brought in Will Muschamp, who's been at some big programs. He was at Auburn. You know, he was a, and at Florida, and you know he's he's always been known as a very a very high level recruiter, especially on the defensive side of the football. Uh, he recruits very well, and he develops defensive players very well. But in turn, he's known as not ever being able to produce an offense to be able to compete for championships. That's exactly what his problem was in Florida. You know, uh, it was he would get these players like when we had Jeff Driscoll and. He had these players that were more spread players and they wanted to hand the ball, run the ball. And it wasn't, he didn't run the spread offense that the players that was recruited and were there 
uh, what their strong suits were. And that, yeah. I mean, that's always been Will Muschamp's downside. And, and I, I think, I mean, overall yeah. with, with the whole coaching thing across college, you know, it's always about results. You yeah. know, you gotta, the comp, the, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't start with the games on Saturday. I mean, it starts in the off season with recruiting. Mm-hmm. If you get a top 10, top 15, top 25 recruiting class and you don't compete with your rivals and, you know, like Derek Mason at Vandy, his biggest, he, he, he did, he doesn't compete. His biggest thing was he beat Tennessee last year and this year Tennessee was down as they've ever been and he couldn't, he couldn't get another win. So, I mean, there's not that any of that progression there. Yeah. And, and Lovey Smith, I just, I never thought he was a good fit at Illinois. Yeah. You know, him coming from the NFL and, you know, being a good NFL coach, defensive coach in the NFL. I just thought when he went to college football, I never thought that was going to be a good fit to start with. And uh, like Jen was saying, how does should we put more blame on the athletic directors? I think to a standpoint, you have to put blame on the athletic directors because I think one of the one of the big rumors going around when Jimbo Fisher left Florida State was because they wouldn't give him the money to upgrade facilities and to be able to put money into facilities and you know the age of their facilities and weren't able to recruit the players that they needed because of their facilities. Right. And that all goes back to the athletic director being able to get the funds in and, hey, having that mindset that we're going to do whatever it takes to make our program top-level and championship contenders every single year. I mean, just like Florida, Mullen came in, you know, Scott Strickland, and they have no, and the boosters have no problem pouring money into a standalone football facility, right. new weight rooms, you know, indoor practice facility, all of that. And that's why you're going to get these high-level recruits in Florida. Now you can see it. They're starting to compete. They're starting to compete every year, you know, 10-win season, New Year's Six Bowl, two years in a row. This year, up until the whole shoot of Buffalo last week and last week's game, <laughs> we were right there in the cusp and in the talk for, you know, a playoff contender. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it does go back and, you know, a little bit of it does fall on the athletic record, but at the end of the day, the coaches recruit the kids. It's the coaches' jobs to develop them. It's the coaches' jobs to put in the game plan to compete each Saturday. And if you can't do that, then, I mean, just like any of us, we go to work, we don't do our job, we lose our job. And that's just how the world works. Mm-hmm. Correct. Amen. And, and I guess going off of what you just said, I guess they haven't gotten there yet, but maybe what you're saying is, you know, like a program like Kentucky, you know, they've kind of turned Kentucky around and, and at least the atmosphere at the games, you know, prior to COVID, um, it's excitement there. They're trying to match the basketball program or to the basketball program. So I, I could see that, you know, in Vandy. But, you know, if you're a Vandy, you're not going to win SEC East championships. You know, it's just not going to happen. Derek Mason's a great coach. Um, I think he struggles a little bit like Muschamp with offense. But I thought they had a, a, a decent coordinator. But they don't have the talent. But they play Florida hard. It seems like they play us hard every every year we play them. So. Every year. <laughs> yeah. um, I, there's just some big names there. So I wanted to, to touch on that. And, and um, you know, I don't know what some of these programs are expecting because when it goes to Florida, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season, hey, Jason, the Gators are going to be 8-2 and two playing for the SEC championship. But on a 10-game SEC schedule, I'll take it. It's a successful year. I mean, sure. anybody would, you know, to be honest. Well, not anybody, because it's a good thing you don't have social media, because people are – I mean, there's, 
there's actually people wanting Mullen fired. It's just like, are you kidding me? I mean, he's, he has made some mistakes, and we can get into that here in a little bit, but um, he, who are you going to get? Like, what's the top five coaches right now in college football? I mean, Saban, Sweeney. I put Mullen there. Well, for sure. I, I still put Ed Orgeron in there. Ed Orgeron. Say He's going to recruit, but they have a lot of young guys over there. He's doing still a great job. Only a couple years into the program. I think we as a collective group would have a really hard time coming up with 10 good names. Like yeah. 10 people that we would say, I, I take these 10 coaches if, if we couldn't have Mullen or you couldn't have Saban. So I don't know what some of these programs, maybe just change, you know, let's bring, you know, bring in. And, and there's, there is excitement when a new coach comes in. It does kind of give the, the program a boost, but it, a lot of times it doesn't work out. And they're hoping for something that's not, like a newfound hope or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so. So to feed off of that, like I was just going to ask, like who who would you get? Like are there new fun. up and coming, you know? Well, there are there are a lot I mean, of young coaches, and we'll get into that when we talk about the defensive coordinator. But um, I don't know. You know, I think that. Oh, go ahead, Wes. Um, I just wanted to add another thing you, you want to look at is not just head coaches sometimes coordinators will come over and sometimes they'll do a better job than what that head coach is doing yeah. mm-hmm. um a quick example from my own team right that i root for alabama um you just had to throw that in there huh could, could, yeah right but could do numbers with florida is, is steve sarkeesian um our offensive coordinator who's i think just recently had to fill the role for nick saban when uh, he got uh, the virus, I believe, for like the second time, and he had to actually stay home for that game. I forget who he played, but um, it was Auburn. yeah, probably Auburn or LSU. Nonetheless, he got the job done, and uh, you, you almost couldn't tell uh, that Nick Saban was gone, to be honest. Um, besides his typical monotone like press conference after the game, <laughs> saying, you know, we won sixty to zero, but we could have did better. Uh, you wouldn't have known. So um, you look. That's just one example out of many out there. I know there's a lot of great O O coordinators and D coordinators out there on different teams that could probably come and fill that role just as good as some of these head coaches out there, uh, kind of in the carousel that are available. So I'm, Cole, you got anything to add? Um, I'm not really like <laughs> I'm not really like familiar on the topic, but um, like like those coaches got fired because they weren't doing a good job. Obviously, and I I'd stand with that. So awesome, great wisdom right yeah. there from Cole. <laughs> I'm not familiar on the topic. I'm just trying to go. No, that's fine. I agree with y'all. Yeah. I agree with y'all, but like I tried to put it. I respect Cole. Yeah, I just uh, my my final take on it is I think the ads kind of going off what Clayton said. The ads have to hold some responsibility here. And if, if Muschamp, if you know when you hired him what his weakness was, then I look at the AD like a general manager in pro sports. Put, okay, we're going to hire you. Here's your contract. We're going to give you a chance to bring in your people. But if it doesn't work out with the offense, then we are going to pick the offensive coordinator. And you go about it that way. That's just me. So. Well, a lot of people don't think like you. Well, I understand. But that's what podcast is. You give <laughs> your opinion. <laughs> It's the whole point of a I podcast. Good. Yeah, I personally think uh, Will Muschamp's one of them career coordinator kind of guys. Yeah. He's going to be a great defensive coordinator. I don't think he's built to be that head coach. 
type thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, going by West talking about Coastal Carolina, I hope they enjoy their great year this year because that head coach they got is going to a Power 5 school after this season. And you're going to see if it was the players or the coach next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, guys. <laughs> Let's move right into quarter two. So staying with giving coaches their pink slips, do you fire Grantham? And if so, who would you like Florida to hire? How about Jason? Let's start with you. Okay. I don't think you're going to have to fire Grantham at the end of the season. I think he's he'll have opportunities on his own to walk away, and I think that's what will happen. Um, who do we – the next part was who do you hire? Yeah, who do you who – who would you like Florida to hire? I don't have the name, so my answer is going to be I don't have the name, but I would want Dan Mullen to hire – an up-and-coming defensive coordinator, kind of what we were just talking on. But I want somebody that... Will Muschamp. No, he's That's not... That's what up. I was going to say. Listen, That's what I was going to say for mine, because um, I don't really know anybody You else. know, Will Muschamp, I don't think he would move backward. Listen, the guy from Vanderbilt, Derek Mason. I mean, he's a great coach. Um, you know, there's names out there like that. Uh, Charlie Strong, I think he's at Alabama now. Like that's mm. another name, which I, I was shocked when I seen him in the booth the other night. I was like, did he just get go there, Wes? Did they just hire him? I'm not uh, I'm not too aware as far as when they just as far as when they hired him. To be honest, I did know he was at Alabama. Okay, um, so that would be, and then the biggest thing why I say a young coach that is up and coming and 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 can bring some energy. Um, is I want it for recruiting. I want a young coach that still has a lot of energy that can go out into the living rooms and fly the helicopter to, to the, you know, the Bartow to meet the kid. I want that guy. Um, I don't want n- nothing against Grantham, but, you know, he had his issues at Georgia. We talked about it on prior podcasts, you know, and, and it's starting to teams have figured out what they're doing. They don't have as much talent there. They have a lot of talent. So, you know, I, to answer your question, he's not going to get fired. He's going to leave on his own. But I, I want somebody young and with a lot of energy coming in. Somebody that we don't know about, that we give a, sh- a chance and we shock the <laughs> I didn't, I didn't cuss. We almost had to turn this one into an explicit episode. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Gator fans, Lynn and Clayton, what are your thoughts? Oh, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> you know, I... I, I kind of agree. I think Grantham's going to kind of kind of do his own thing and kind of go out gracefully without being fired. And at the same time, I mean, I don't know who they go get. I mean, I'd love them to get Will Muschamp and bring him back because he's a great coordinator, but that's never going to happen. Derek Mason's never going to come to Florida because him and Mullen have a, a very yeah. fueled love-hate relationship, you know what I mean, yeah. where they would never be able to work cohesively together. And, uh, you know, Lovey Smith may be an option because, you know, but I think he's probably, he'll probably end up back in the NFL being a coordinator in the league or something like that. I don't think he's going to stay coaching college football anymore. But I really don't know. But, yeah, I, I do agree. I think I think Grantham's going to kind of just go about his own way and not really get fired. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> we, are, I mean, we have a lot of talent over there. It's not like, I mean – you kind of see what he's able to do and not do. Um, like, first two years of the Mullen era, we had a lot of, you know, veterans on that side. So, it's kind of, you know, easier. I wouldn't say easier, but, I mean, it kind of is. 
you know, to like coach them guys up because they're already very experienced. But I mean, this year's defense, we have, you know, three or four true freshmen starting. You know, we have uh, Javon uh, right there at the nose in the tackle position on the D line and um, a young corner that I think is going to be really good, Trevez Johnson. But um, I mean, they're not experienced guys. I mean, they haven't finished their first full season, but you see the struggles that are already, you know, happening. So it's about like if you're able to coach them guys up to be as good, you know, as a CJ Henderson and a Chauncey Gardner Johnson who are in the league now and pretty successful so far. Yeah. What do you think, Wes? Who should we hire? <laughs> uh just so this guy from Alabama. No, I'm messing with y'all. Um, <laughs> Always gonna no, bring I mean, that up. I wish I, I wish I was a little more aware uh, aware, excuse me, of, of who's really out there available for you guys. Um given the main struggle I've seen this season for sure with you guys, I didn't pay too much attention last season. I'm not sure uh where you guys ended up falling in the ranks last year. But I do know the main comment in, in terms of criticism that I hear from everyone, and this will come from me as well as a, a fan of football more than anything else, is what is it's been the defense. Um, it's it's just no secret um, to anyone really, um, probably to the team themselves too, unfortunately. So I I really couldn't tell you, unfortunately. I do I do think someone's going to be able to fill that role probably better than what it's being filled currently. Um, it's just a matter of time and when that happens, which may just be after the season here, as you guys are already discussing. Oh, yeah. So I'm more of an NFL guy, as y'all know. So I, I don't really know what to answer, but I'm going to go with what you guys said. Like, he's just going to walk out, and I'm going to say that we hire Muschamp. Muschamp? Yeah. Cole's That's, that's what I'm going to go with. Here's here's a name that I, I came across. I don't think it'll ever happen, but it would be awesome. Uh, Dan Quinn, if he came back to Florida, that would the be coach crazy. for the Falcons. the coach for the Falcons. Falcons. You should have come up with that one yourself. because ah, then because he I, lost his I'll job, be, bro. Right? He got yeah, fired. He got fired because the Falcons so are not good. I'm I'm pretty familiar with that name personally because he was on the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff. I believe when we won the Super Bowl two a couple years back, and he was our defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, and he was pretty darn good. I mean, he got to operate a bit with, uh, as everyone knows, the Legion of Boom back in the day with Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, et cetera. So seeing a guy like that, you know, unfortunately he, he hasn't had the greatest career with Atlanta there. But I think, you know, if he goes spend some time with Florida there, that might be a good way to rejuvenate his career and maybe get him back on track. But but rejuvenate his career wasn't it just a couple of years ago that he was in the Super Bowl? That's what he was just saying. Yeah, like I mean, he's no. What you're talking about was Seattle. I'm talking about what Atlanta, wasn't he? 2015. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like after he left Florida, then he went uh, to the NFL. So he started at um, Seattle? Seattle. I think he did as a defensive coordinator. I want to say so. I'm not sure. I wonder if that was before Florida. And then he became the head coach of the Falcons. Yeah, he, he's a he's a winner. And when when he was our defensive coordinator, um, outside of Charlie Strong, that was my favorite. You know, Muschamp's a good guy, but so I, I would be happy about. It. But Dan Quinn's a, a a head coach. He's had a taste of that. But so I just hope sometimes that these guys go. You know what? I just rather just I would just love to be a coordinator. 
Just let me fo- – could you imagine if Dan Mullen was just an offensive coordinator, how much better Florida's yeah. offense would be if he didn't worry about everything else and he was just worried about offense? So That's what I was just going to ask. Like, is it – talking about this Dan Quinn guy, that'd be like a major step backwards, yeah. right? Well, it depends, though, because Florida has big pockets. True. So they could bring him in and pay him a lot of money. And um, I'm not familiar with the coach that's at uh, Clemson, the defensive coordinator at Clemson. I can't Wait. think of his name, but he's a very high paid coach. And he's Dabo. Yeah. He's with the, he's there with Dabo, and he could go and do his own thing. But they got a good thing working, so it's you know, and he's making a lot of money. So. I think that's Brent. True. Brent Venables. Yes. I think he always has like a neon hat on. Yes, yeah. he does. I'm seeing pictures now here. Yeah, I just looked yeah. him up. Brandon. He's a he's a outstanding defensive coordinator, but they pay him up. I think they're paying him around two million a year to be a defensive coordinator. So dang, that goes back to the AD and the program being committed to the program. Because if you want good coaches, you got to pay him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Dan Quinn is very experienced, and he knows the program. So. Mm-hmm. Let's so, hope Dan wants to come back to Gainesville. It would be a good fit. If not, hey, I there's, mean, a, <laughs> there's a story out there that uh, his agent is shopping him around for college football jobs. So. Yeah. Mm. So. so interesting. Interesting. Nice. So when uh, what's his name Grantham walks out, mm-hmm. we can hire Quinn. Have a good season. We'll see. Boom. All right. Anything else to add on that? Nope. All right, gentlemen. Quarter three. So the big game is this Saturday night between Florida and Bama. Very excited. Um, anyway, so pretty safe to say everyone except Cole will probably say Bama should win this game easily. What does Florida have to focus on to have a shot Saturday night? Oh, I'll go first. Okay, Cole, go first. Defense. <laughs> it's defense. We that's need it. to, need to score it. more points than they do. Right? Mm-hmm. Score it. more points. Obviously, it's how you win a it's how you win a football game. <laughs> and then we need to play better defense than we have all season. All right, Lynn, give us a little more of a breakdown from a quarterback perspective. Um, it's a little scary uh, watching a true freshman quarterback go into the swamp. I mean, I know it wasn't you know ninety five thousand on deck, but to be able to come in, you know, even against a defense that struggled. But to perform as well as he did and, you know, to be able to outscore a Florida offense, that's kind of scary, uh, yet alone going up against Mac Jones. He's having a crazy year. And, you know, he'll he'll throw all over you downfield with Devontae Smith. And then, you know, when his arm gets tired, he can just hand it off to Najee Harris and he can do the rest of the way. So that's, that's scary. It's a lot. Um, they're definitely going to have to play the best game. Uh, the season so far, if we can, you know, hold in there. Um, Kyle Pitt, I don't know why he was on the sideline. I think he was still partially injured. Yes, but, um, I was wondering the same thing. He was missed during the LSU game. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully we have him back this, this week and, you know, we can fire on all cylinders, hopefully. And maybe compete. I want to compete a little bit more. You know, if we lose by 17, 14, I'll be all right with that. That, oh, 17, 14, yeah, that's kind of what I'm got at right now. I think it's going to be closer than people think, though. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I'm going to say that uh, the key to this game, I'm going to go off what Cole said, but break it down a little more. I think that Florida really needs to 
play zone and let them run the ball. They're gonna. We can't stop them if we were trying to stop the run. So let them run the ball. Let them get seven, eight yards a pop. Let them use the clock. Slow the game down. And we have to create some turnovers. We are. We haven't turned. You know, we haven't got turnovers. Not like usual with a Florida defense. And uh, you know, last week we couldn't get that quarterback to turn the ball over. Um, so that I think when the only way to beat Alabama is turn, you know, having them do turnovers because that's the only way Alabama loses. If you look back over the years when they've lost games, and they turn the ball over. So I think that's the key. We're going to score points, mm-hmm. Alabama. We're going to be able to score points. The Gators are going to be ready for this game Saturday. We're going to be able to score. I just feel that going into the second half, Alabama will just start slowly to pull away from us. Wow. Clayton, Clayton, what's the key? We're saving Bama. Um, we're saving the Bama fan for last, okay? I think there's three three key things we have to do really to be able to compete with Alabama. One, we have to protect Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. The 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 blind side of our line got destroyed in this LSU game. I mean, he was under consistent pressure from that freshman defensive end of LSU, and we have to protect him. We have to conjure up. Number two, we have to conjure up some type of running game. Mm-hmm. It's basically been non-existence. If we're running jet sweeps with Tony or, you know, we got to get our playmakers, our running back into space and allow them to use their moves to gain, to get yards. And our defense, when it comes to our defense, if you've noticed all year, when, they, when a team sends multiple players in motion, we struggle because we're young. We don't – We like last week against LSU, we blew coverages and allowed two wide-open touchdowns uh, to be thrown into the end zone. And Alabama runs 40-plus plays with multiple motions, and that's mm-hmm. one of our biggest struggles. So it's going to have to be be disciplined and execute the game plan. If we if we don't, then there's – I mean, we could lose by 21. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Right. I mean, you got to protect your quarterback create a run game because the best thing for us to do, our best defense really is going to be to keep uh, the Alabama offense off of the football field. Correct. And us to be able to drag the clock out, just like the same thing with them is their best defense for us is going to be able to keep Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts off of the football field. Right. I mean, keep us – if we can't be on the field to score points, we can't win football games. To add on that, um, if I'm Nick Saban and I watch back over that LSU game, I'm pretty excited. Um they brought a lot of, you know, blitzes up the middle. And when you force Kyle Trask out the pocket, one, he's definitely not the fastest guy. Um, and two, he's not as accurate. So, um, you know, if you can keep him in that pocket and the line can, you know, pick up blitzes pretty well, I think we can pick him apart just as well as Mac Jones can. Um, so, but, I mean, that's another big thing. He has to get back into his, you know, his way of playing. He's missed a couple of reads. Um and he has to make a little bit better decisions. Uh, that crazy interception he had in the red zone, I mean, I believe that's one you just have to throw away. And He's got to get back to be able to read the whole field. Um, he's missed a couple against Tennessee. I know we got the job done, but that could put some more points on the board for sure. We're going to need all the points we can against Alabama. Yeah, we left a lot of points on the board against Tennessee yeah. for sure. Uh, there's something interesting playing out with this game. You could easily say that, uh, well, now they somehow Florida didn't drop but one 
spot. So if Florida was to win this game, they they do have a shot at making the top four. Wait, like so what were we before? Were we four or three? No, it was like six. I think we moved to oh. seven. With I don't know how we moved to seven losing at home to LSU, but um, there is a chance if we win that we would have a shot at, at – uh, so that that brings me up to the teams that only played six games. Like I don't know how you can look at if the Gators played eleven games and they were, you know, the beat Alabama for the SEC championship, have two losses. How do you put a team in over them that has only six games? So it's going to be interesting to see. But this game, two quarterbacks could be the the battle for the Heisman Trophy as well. Not only the SEC championship, but the Heisman Trophy, and. This is going to make a lot of Gator fans unhappy, but I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Emory Jones against Alabama. I, I really do. I think you haven't seen him in a couple weeks. He hasn't played. They've been kind of, no, oh, yeah, no, we just didn't get him in the game. Like we, we had a package for him, but we didn't get I think that they have been practicing with Emory Jones for Alabama for a while. And we're going to get a glimpse, like you were saying, Lynn, about next year's team. Without Trask, it starts this this Saturday night. Right. This Saturday night, it starts. We he has to play. Trask is going to the NFL. Trask is a Heisman Trophy, you know, candidate. If he doesn't win, he doesn't win because of this game. You got to go try to win the ball game. And I think having Trask and a and a heavy package of Emory Jones is what we're going to see. So, Agreed. I mean, to add on that, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Um, when you put Emory Jones in know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's going to run it right. every time, almost every time. Um, so Alabama, they have no problem with stopping the run and bringing them linebackers up. And um, so if you put Emory in, you have to be able to expand the playbook. He has an arm. Like I mean, He was recruited as a four-star for a reason, not just his legs. He has an arm. Yeah. So um, to be Alabama, yeah, I believe you're going to have to you know, pull some uh, tricks out of the, the hat uh, for sure. I think that does start with Emory. He's, um, he brings a little bit more closeness to the offense that Trask can't with his leg. But, um, I hope, I hope to see him. I mean, not just for, you know, Saturday's game, but, uh, for the future as well. Okay. On to quarter four. <laughs> We're not going to let the Bama guy talk at all. It just, it was, the question was, what does Florida have to be? <laughs> I'm, I'm just Alabama playing. just has to play Alabama football. That's yeah. it. We, we know what y'all have to do. <laughs> All right, Wes, your turn. Go ahead. Um, I think I think you guys all kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, and coming from my personal opinion, uh, Florida Florida's just gonna have to play the best football they've ever played, or at least this season, and not just on offense, which uh, it's no secret Florida offense has been phenomenal. Right, um, throughout the majority of the season, and that is thanks to a guy like Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. Um, but you're going to need a little more names than that to come up and and uh, and and take the shine away, because you know we're simply spectators and fans. You got people right now getting paid millions to do the same thing we're doing and analyze and come up with game plan for those playmakers and so on and so forth. You know, just natural like game film study which i'm sure lynn knows a lot about right going into a matchup where you know player this player that um uh it it seems to be the best thing since sliced bread 
You know, you're either going to want to double coverage him or you want to, like Lynn was saying, Trask seems to maybe struggle with pressure at times or isn't as accurate. Maybe we want to send some some blitzes at him and, and, and shake it up on defense a little bit. But uh, going back to the main topic here, I do think Florida's just going to have the best – have to execute on all, uh, on all levels, from offense to defense, special teams too. Um, I don't know what it's been lately, um, and I know about this all too well as Alabama. We can never – we can get five-star all across the board. We will never get a good kicker. It'll never happen. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if Florida's the same way. I don't watch Florida enough. No, we got um, some good kickers over the years. Okay, well we don't, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> except for last week, we no, will we will get everybody ex- except the kicker, and and I really do hate it. But you know, I, if I had to pick one or the other, I guess I'm picking every other player to be a five star besides a five four or five star besides the kicker. I guess I'm going that that route. Um, but not just offense and defense and special teams, but things like Clayton mentioned uh, regarding discipline. Because um, I think most would agree that was kind of the the big killer in that LSU hey, game. Unfortunately, hey, 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 with, with, hey, with you guys, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure no one wants to talk about that. That's fine. No, um, that was not on the topic list for this evening, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but um, turnovers as well. You know, you you're really gonna have to limit that because if there's one thing Alabama's been known for is not besides defense is being able to force turnovers on defense. Um, and I think a year or two ago, we might have set a record or got that number up pretty darn high. Um, and I know for sure our defense is nowhere as good as what it was years prior. Um, and Florida may be able to capitalize that surely with how good their offense is. Um, but, you know, we got we got a pretty solid offense with, with Mac Jones running the show, obviously, and Najee Harris, and, you know, the list goes on. So um, we really just got to execute on all sides of the ball. Like that, I can't. I can't really just focus in on defense. I mean, yeah, it is defense. You could probably say is the main thing, but the reality is to me is on all sides. And if if let's say the defense can get up to that level of the offense, you guys should should execute really well and, and really have a good chance at winning that game. To be honest, um, but if not, and it, and, it, and it can't just be close. You know, it's going to have to be up to that level. Of, of that offense there at Florida as, as well for special teams, you know, and that's not just kicking field goals. I'm talking punt and kick returns too. Um, that field, posi- field position, as Lynn could probably speak better for any of us, is very key at times in games, you know. Where, where are you starting with that ball? So on and so forth. So really just execute on all levels. Um, and I know it's kind of a generic answer, um, but, that, I mean, that's my opinion, is on all sides of the ball, you guys are going to have to execute. Um, and you're not going to, you can't be turning over the rock because we're going to capitalize, obviously. And the same thing vice versa, to be honest. We can't turn over the ball as well because our trafficking company will do work with those turnovers, I'm sure. And and to the players, Roberto, that are listening to this, you know, we've talked about um, penalties. You know, Wes has been big on the penalties over the year, and we've been hard on the Barso team. Hey, let's clean it up. Let's not have so many penalties. And I'm not one that's going to say that. Um, any one play lost a game for a team, okay? Throwing the shoe didn't loot. That ain't the reason why Florida lost a game. However, we're sitting here talking about a Florida team who's 8-2. and two. There's Florida fans talking about Mullen needs to be fired. And legitimately, if Malik Davis doesn't fumble and he doesn't throw that shoe in against LSU, the Gators are 10-0. So, so the Bartow players listening, 
That you every play counts. Every play of a football game counts because that's the difference in in SEC play is a fun one fumble against A and M and a throwing of a shoe at LSU <laughs> and and we're eight and two instead of ten and a. No plays off. No days off either, Lynn, right? <laughs> That's right. 275. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What does that mean? He's you taking bet. up the whole screen. I know you guys can't see him, but he's taking up the whole screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me let me search him. <laughs> <laughs> So what what does that mean? He bench pressed two hundred seventy five. Oh, pounds. I was like, I know you don't weigh no two seventy five. Yeah. Oh no. no oh no. my <laughs> word. I'd be going to Alabama. Four star offensive lineman. All right. So quarter four. So is Dan Mullen living up to the Gator standard he always talks about? Lynn, did you want to start on that one? Sure. Um, I believe so. Um. You know, coming in, uh, his goal was to win the East. Um, he didn't do that his first two years. And, you know, he went up against two really good Georgia football teams. You know, that was who, was, who it was between, you know, was us and Georgia. Um, we got to New Year's Six Bowl. We won both of them against Michigan and Virginia last year. Um, going into this year, we beat Georgia. So we kind of locked up the East. Um, I'm not sure about a New Year's Six Bowl after this Alabama game if we lose and you know if we were to lose how bad you know with three wins I'm not sure we might be on edge of making a New Year's Six Bowl again um but I believe so it's it's tough to come into a program that was as down as Florida's was and you know it is only year three so um I believe he's you know there's some more bright things coming in you know playoff berth not this year I don't think so 2020, it could happen. Who knows? Yeah, but, you never um, know. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe next year, but um, you know, like I said, it's still only year three, so I could see some playoff bursts coming, you know, in the future. Clayton. Well, I think uh, us Gator fans are seriously spoiled. Number one, <laughs> yep. I don't think we should fire. Agreed. I don't think Dan Mullen should be fired. And no. As far as him living up to the Gator standard, him and Urban Meyer set the Gator standard. Mm. You know, in 2006, that's what the standard that we're all living by right now. That's what we're all holding everyone accountable. Uh, you know, that's that's the accountability level is the Urban Meyer era. Dan Mullen was a part of that era. It's we've been to, he's been here for three years. His third season, in all reality, we're still mathematically in a playoff hunt right now. We're playing for an SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had two New Year's Six bowls, and it's all about we've beaten our rival. We're dominating Florida State. We finally got a rhythm hump. We beat Georgia. We're dominating. Uh, we dominated Kentucky. Tennessee can't beat us anymore. So, I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. I mean, as Florida fans, what else is the standard? Yes, winning championships, but it takes steps to get there. Urban Meyer didn't win it his first year. Steve Spurrier, it took a lot of years for him to get to the point to where he won the national championship, you know what I mean, and won an SEC championship. I mean, so it's. It's what 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 is the standard that everybody's talking about? I think I think that the level of coaching and the level of play and the players that we're recruiting, I think I think we're meeting any and all standards that Mullen and his coaching staff have set forth. So I don't know as Gator fans, what else do we expect? Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. Mullen Mullen talks about the Gator standard a lot, and I think fans are 
upset with him on the accountability aspect of it. And I am too a little bit. I look at him, you know, uh, he first he didn't he said he didn't see the shoot throwing thing, and then he came out afterwards and said in a press conference, "Well, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's a foul." Like, like he didn't even. I know you don't want to rip your player publicly, you know, but I, I feel like some accountability on his end uh, would go a long way with Gator fans. Is okay, I messed up there, but. At the same time, like, that's who he is. That's our coach, okay? He is um, from, I've never met the man, but everybody says he's very arrogant. He does things his way. I mean, he, he is who he is. He's the guy that showed up in a Darth Vader outfit on <laughs> Halloween to do his, his post-game presser. <laughs> like, he's just different. And, you know, you can make all the excuses you want of why we're in the situation we are. We had an early COVID situation. We didn't get, we had a long stretch of SEC games without a bye. Um, the team didn't have Savage all off season, And I think that is a real problem. Um, you can make all the excuses you want. I think Gator fans are just looking for a little bit of accountability from Dan on the defense and the struggles that they're having and why we're not lining up. And Clayton, you mentioned it, and this is a reason Grantham has to go. The two balls in LSU that we got beat deep on and, and broken coverage, I believe they were both corner blitzes. Well, you called the play. You like you called a corner blitz. The, the the guys who blew the coverage should know what to do. And if they don't, why are they on the field? And that, I think that's the 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 part that Gator fans. But you're right, Gator fans are spoiled. I've never seen anything like it. You know, <laughs> we have a reason to 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 watch a big game Saturday night. Like, what what else do you want? You know, we're not Vanderbilt. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. But I do know that Nick Saban would not tolerate some of the things that I've seen from the skater team. And, oh. I, and I think that's where, you know, there's some frustration. But yeah. he's ride or die for his team. Yeah, that, he is. <laughs> but the, the, the problem is, you know, it's real easy for people to say to a coach, you need to take that guy out of the game. So Marco Wilson is a senior. Dan Mullen is loyal to his older players. I mean, and to a fault, but that's who he is. And we just need to support him and and let him make the decisions. He's our head ball coach, and it is what it is. We can question it, but Dan's going to be Dan. And like we said, we can't come up with 10 good names to replace him. So there shouldn't be any talk about that. We've been down that room. Look at Florida State. You know, you, you had a great coach. You let him go. Thank God they let him go. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> you know, but now we got to deal with him at A&M. But, you know, he was a great coach. The grass ain't always greener out there. You can get these hot names and bring in a guy from Oregon who's looking good. And then, no, this is the SEC. That doesn't work. So, careful what you ask for. The Gator fans that are, that are talking about firing Coach Mullen. Just think back to Charlie Weiss days and uh, McIlwain and <laughs> yeah, we don't you don't have to think that far back. <laughs> no, three years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with all three of you guys. I feel like Mullen has lived up to the Gator Gator standard he always referred to, and uh, if he beats Alabama on Sunday Saturday, I'm sorry. NFL, uh, NFL, get NFL <laughs> out of your head. That would be a good, another step towards his Gator standard that he's always talking about. And he wants a championship. We all know that. 
And yeah. He's never coached in the SEC championship game as a head coach. So it's a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great, he's got us national championship, but he was a coordinator. So this is a, a, a big, big game, big step for the program. Um, I think we're all in agreement. We're going to do score predictions, but um, I, I'm half a feeling Cole will be the only one to go with Florida here. So Cole, that makes me sad. You want to start with the score prediction? No, no, no. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Well, I'm gonna have you all start because I need to. I know I. I feel fine. like I Florida's nice. gonna win, go but I need to think of the score. So if y'all have a score, then y'all can go. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep thinking. I'll say 52 Ooh. to 37, Bama. That's, that's a lot of points. 52-37. That's a big... I thought you said it would be closer than that. Yeah, I thought you said the game was going to be close. That is pretty close. I mean, that's uh, not yeah. That's not bad. What, two score? Two score game. Okay. Not too bad. That's actually, you know, kind of favoring Florida a little bit. <laughs> no, I think Florida's going to... I think it's going to be... Like, at halftime, I think we're going to be, like, happy. And then right. it's going to be... Uh-oh. <laughs> Okay, who's next? Yep. 42. Yeah, go. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Cole. All right. 42 to 40, Florida. Oh, 42 to 40. I love the coffee. Hold on. I'm writing it down. Or I'm typing it, and I'm not that quick on the... on the. Look at Wes writing. On the QWERTY keyboard. Wes has got it, too. Um, Wes has taken notes. <laughs> Cole, 42-40. Mm-hmm. Gators. Gators, of course. I'm a loyal fan. You can give that. All right, I'm going to go with in the year 2020 with COVID and murder hornets and <laughs> everything else. I'm going to go Florida 27, Alabama 24, last second field goal for the win. McPherson oh, wow. wins. I love, oh. I love that. Nice bounce back. All of a sudden, the defenses are going to show up. Yeah, okay. So gonna have to. I don't think Alabama scored underneath you know, 30 this year. <laughs> All right, who's next? Wes, you know about that? What's that? Has Alabama scored less than thirty this year? I don't think it's happened. Nah. I don't think I don't think our opponents have put up less than thirty points this year. I'm gonna that's, be that's a lot of points. Yeah. No, we we haven't. Everything's been over thirty as far as I'm concerned. Um, I suppose I can go next. Yeah. Uh, uh, to no surprise, you probably guess who I'm taking, right? Um, oh yeah, I'm Florida. Forty. I'm gonna go forty-five twenty-seven. Uh, roll tide. Wow, okay. I'm going to uh, – okay. I actually had Alabama scoring 45 and Florida 31, 14-point game. Oh, that's not that bad. I think that's where it's going to be, 14 yeah. points. Cole, look up the spread and see if you can see what the spread is for the game. But 14 points sounds like a good number. Alabama opened the week as a 17-point favorite 17. to win the 2020 SEC Championship. 17 points. Not right. We're close. The over-under is 74 points That's... for Alabama versus Florida. See, I would take the over on that. I yeah. Know, I don't understand the over-under stuff. You're going to have to. I'll explain oh, it to you. Oh, shoot. This is... That's why I don't bet. All right, so. Do I get a score prediction? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I don't have to. No, yeah. <laughs> you get to win a gift card. Yay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do 37-31 Bama. Mm. 37-31? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, it says the spread is 17.5. Well, I have a little more faith in our Gators. They're going to lose, but it's going to be close. <laughs> they're going to win. 
Trust. I want them to win, but sometimes you got to take your brain over your heart. Well, that, that, I have a good brain. I, that's, that's, <laughs> I swear, that's like literally what I say all the time. He hates hearing it, but I'm more the realist. The realist. I'm hard on my Gators. Yeah. But he likes, you know, to take Florida over anyone, no matter, you know, what the rankings are, how the season's gone. But sometimes you just got to be real. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I have exactly. a good brain and a good heart, so I'm going to go with both. Hey, who knows? Who knows? Coastal Carolina could beat Bama. Who knows? <laughs> oh, this guy! Oh, this guy. guy! Hold on, I gotta get a picture oh, of that. Man, this on. guy got his blanket out. It's time. At to least hold it right side up, not sideways. That's disrespectful. He's gonna have to use that to wipe his tears on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so oh, that's good stuff. Fans, we championship week. Do y'all have like any crazy predictions, like upset? You know, Clemson and Notre Dame. Y'all have a you know a winner. Northwestern competing with Ohio State. Notre Dame wins by 50. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm I don't just think, kidding. I don't think Notre Dame's going to beat Clemson. That, you again, have a specific reason? I just don't like Trevor Notre Lawrence. Dame. I think Clemson's too power. I mean, Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing when they played him the first time, right? Right. Yeah, so that – yeah, Trevor Lawrence. That's the difference. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a top two pick because I don't know if the Jets are going to take him, to be honest. And uh, what, what other games are going on, Lynn? Um, Northwestern, they're not, they've had a great year. I think they only have one loss. It was kind of like, it was definitely the worst game they played against Michigan State. Um, they play Ohio State. But, you know, if you if you can shake up Justin Fields, Indiana kind of proved it. You know, they, they're a good team. They're not the best. I don't think they're a top four team. But Justin Fields had probably the worst game of his career, oh, yeah. uh, throwing three picks, and that was you know all the way down to the clock at zero. So you know anything's possible. Northwestern they they come along. You never know with Big Ten football. You really don't. Mm-hmm. I yeah. got Ohio State in that game. I, I do Ohio too, State. unfortunately. I don't even think Ohio State should be in it because they wouldn't change the rules for any other school except for Ohio State. Agreed. They only do it because they're in the talk of making the playoffs. Yes, why they do. Yeah, they only do it so they. I mean, they, they have, have an opportunity to bring a championship back to the Big Ten. Big Ten. If it wasn't that, then if it was Michigan, they'd be like, "We're not talking to you." If it was Indiana, <laughs> we're not talking to you. Yep. Ohio State is the only reason that they were even having this conversation. Agreed. Uh, speaking of coaches, got, do, do we think Urban Meyer is coming back to college football? Uh, I don't. Yeah, no. I have no clue who that is. To be honest, I, I think the do. only way he comes back to college football is if the Notre Dame job comes available. Because that's always been his dream, his dream job outside of Ohio State. That's been the the next job he's wanted. Kind of like a lot of people say that the only way Dabo would ever leave Clemson is if Saban stepped down and he could go coach Alabama. Yeah, that's the. I mean, it's kind of the same situation. But I don't think Urban Meyer ever comes back. Mm. I think if you ever see him come back, it's going to be at the NFL level. I don't think Brian Kelly's leaving Notre Dame anytime soon. No. Nah, and there was a, a team out west that I saw a story about Urban Meyer possibly going to, but I forget which team it was. If he was does a go, team? what was that? Was that a uh, Pac-12 team? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't see Urban Meyer going to Pac-12. Yeah, what was it? I can't see it. I don't know if it was. I don't remember. If he comes back, there's so his... much stuff you see online, like. A lot of pe- a lot of people get fooled. Like there's little stories, and then they look like an actual magazine or something, and you, it's just somebody wrote it in their house, you know. So you can't ever. Right. <laughs> it says right here, Urban Meyer, a name to watch in a potential Jaguars head coach. Oh, Jagu- Jaguars! <laughs> That's Lynn's football team. Yeah, right there. Lynn. 
Hey, hey. hey. I was literally, I was upset that the Jets blew that lead to uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders. Oh, yeah, that was sad. Because that would have been their first win, and that would have, you know, tied the Jags and the Jets for the first overall pick. I don't know who it would have went to. I'm not, I don't focus on the NFL like that. But I want Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville, (laughs) but I don't think he's going to go to Jacksonville on what he's saying. Multiple reports have stated that Trevor Lawrence has already notified two NFL teams do not pick him because he will not be going to the team. Wow. So, <laughs> Which is, is that the Jets and the Jaguars? I mean, he could, he does still have a year of eligibility left in college football. He's so, not going back. I mean, I wouldn't go back. I cash that lottery ticket every single day. But, I mean, does he pull an Eli Manning and get drafted by one team and say, I'm not going there and force a trade? I mean, how does that work out? Yeah, I didn't like when Eli Manning did it. And I don't like yeah. this situation at all either. Like uh, a draft nope. pick shouldn't be able to hold a team you hostage. Have a choice to me. You're no. lucky to even be there. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. Go turn. A, go turn the team around. You know? I don't. Yeah. Personally, I don't think the Jets are taking Trevor Lawrence. You don't. Sam Darnold is a franchise quarterback. He just needs more weapons. He In needs more opinion. what? Weapons. A oh, weapons. Hmm. I could probably start over Sam Darnold. <laughs> it was a joke. DK Metcalf too. Yeah, right. <laughs> he can do anything. All right. So, uh, do y'all have any final predictions on the, you know, the final committee, uh, with the college football playoff? Y'all have, you know, any wild card getting in? Not really. I'm just ready for the NFL playoffs. To be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean after after Friday or Saturday night's game. Uh, I'll be I'll be ready then. All these games to play out. There's too much football left to play. Excuse me. Um, I just I'm not a big fan of the the six teams. You know, you only are not six teams, but playing six games. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I My th- thing is like if Ohio State were to get upset, they're already ranked number four. They're out. Um, if Clemson were to lose their second game, I believe they would be out. Do you put Texas A&M with one loss that was to Alabama, which looked really good, and Iowa State, they would be a Big 12 champion if they can get it done. Do you put them two in? Not if Florida beats Bama, even though Texas I, A&M yeah, beat. I, Listen, that's, there's that's no – if, if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship, and I would understand it 100% for Texas A&M fans – to be upset, we beat Florida head to head, but I think the committee would put Florida over over Texas A and M. You guys, agree. you agree with that, or I agree one hundred percent. I think that if that's the case, Florida would be because just due to the whole, you know, all of college football house with this whole COVID situation. I think this would be if there's any year you're ever going to get a two loss team into the playoff, it would be this year. Yeah, and uh, I mean. Texas A&M just have to just wipe their tears. I mean, yeah. it's happened to better teams. Like there was years ago when Auburn was undefeated and then get to play for the national title. UCF. <laughs> Don't you see? Remember when they won the national title? They did win, and I seen the Easy. banner. I seen the banner. It's real. Easy. <laughs> I've been inside the stadium. It's it's up there. It's up there. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> what a joke. The NCAA said that they were. They were co-national champs. It's in the history books. So. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> All right. So we, the, I guess the only other thing that we have is is the watch party info, Jason. Okay. So we have decided that um, Wes is going to come over for the game. 
Maybe. Um, yeah, and we are going. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. Uh, we are going to do, we're going to move the equipment into our living room and we're going to set up in there. We're going to watch. Who's live. moving it? I'm going to move the equipment. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> set it up in the living room and we're going to go live. I think Wes should move it over. <laughs> so uh, I'll put something out on Facebook about, I know there's ways that people can do their own watch parties. So if anybody wants to tune in and, and watch the game, I think there's even ways to like bring people on with us when we're doing it so like you know if you guys were on we could bring you on at a commercial and get your take on what just happened type of thing so we're just trying to do something um different and there's so many people that because of covid they're not going having parties or going to bars and watch the game so figure we'll try this and see how that works so we'll put out the information for everybody yep yep well we thank you guys for coming on i needed some help um, against Wes, he'd have just beat me up. Cole got a gang up on him. Yeah, Cole wasn't going to help me much. So hey, hey, hey! Don't doubt me. Okay. Uh, Is there anything? At else? least I actually picked our team to win on Saturday. Well, okay. You got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, not really. No? There's, there's just a good show. That's all good I can show. say. All right. He's a man of many words this evening. We, I am. What? Let me see your phone real quick so I can let the listeners know we will not be here next week. Next week is Christmas. Or the week after that. So we are going to take Wes a two-week break, and we will come back with an episode January 7th. So after this after this live stream, we'll take two-week break for the holidays and then get back. So this is the last episode January of January 7th, and then that should mm-hmm. be about the time, hopefully, that sports are starting back at Bartow, so we can uh, start covering things that are going on there but it's just a crappy situation with it being shut down again yeah last sucks. episode of 2020 well we had the lime stream but that's not really an episode we'll, we'll put it out as episode all right guys thank you for coming on we appreciate you and um thank you for um listening to another episode of the barter jacket breakdown podcast episode 23 i think it's 23 the jordan episode the jordan episode is that what the title is going to be i think so i even though west came up with it We'll we'll let them have it. Go, Gators. It can be an Alabama episode. Wait, turn the music up. He was talking. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but love. Nothing but love. Bye, guys. It was fun. Peace. Thanks.